Hello and welcome to What's The Story. We're an inquisitive bunch of hosts from the What's The Story team on a mission to uncover stories about faith and courage from everyday people. And to help us do just that, we get the privilege to chat with amazing guests and delve into their faith journey, the hurdles they've overcome, and the life lessons they have learned along the way. Now, if you enjoy our podcast, don't forget to subscribe and sign up for our newsletter on our website, which is whatsthestorypodcast.com. It's your direct line to the latest episodes and detailed show notes, and they all get delivered straight to your inbox. And the best part, it's absolutely free. What's the Story is brought to you by Crowd Church. We understand that stepping into a traditional church might not be everybody's cup of tea. And that's where Crowd Church steps in, providing a digital sanctuary, a safe space to explore the Christian faith where you can engage in meaningful conversations rather than just simply spectating. So whether you are new to the Christian faith or are in search of a new church family, we invite you to visit us at www.crowd.church. And if you've got any questions, just drop us an email at hello at crowd.church. We're here to help and would genuinely love to connect with you. And now, without further ado, Let's meet your host and our very special guest for today. I'm Anna Kettle, your host for today. I'm joined by my friend Evelyn Sherwood, who is joining us all the way from the Midwest in America. She's been married for 35 years to her college sweetheart, which is very sweet has two grown-up children and eight grandbabies. She's also a cancer and COVID survivor and, in fact, incredibly battled both of these life-threatening situations within a single year. Now, she's going to tell us more about that in her story in a moment. Um, but, yeah, first of all, um, I want to introduce you to her and also tell you how I uh, first met Evelyn. So, Evelyn, lovely to have you with us today. Thanks for being here. Oh, I'm so excited to be here, Anna. Just very blessed. So Evelyn is someone who I actually first came across a few years ago through Hope Writers, which is a writer's community we're both part of. That's right, isn't it, Evelyn? Yeah, yeah. And I think we kind of immediately hit it off and connected because we're both writing and blogging at the time about very similar subjects around finding God's hope in the middle of hard things. And even though we were in quite different life stages and situations and facing different kinds of hard, it was just like a heartbeat that we were both sharing and blogging and writing about. So I think we really like bonded over that, didn't we actually? Yeah, we did. It was, it was ironic how, just how similar, even though our stories were extremely different, um, mm. we had shared pain. And yeah. um, understood what it meant to suffer and not have answers and to be able to wrestle through that, still mm -hmm. hanging on to hope. And I think that that just bonded us very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm really excited to have you on the show today and for other people to hear your story because it is quite remarkable, really. So thank you so much for being here. And like, there's so many things I obviously want to ask you about today. You know, obviously the two big C's that we just discussed, COVID and cancer. Um, but I suppose, and we will get into all of that in a minute, but I suppose we should probably start at 
bit more at the beginning of your story, just because I'm aware not all of the listeners today will know you, will know much about you. So I suppose it'd be really helpful if you just tell us a little bit about your backgrounds, um, who you are, and just kind of um, where your faiths, where it all began, like how, you know, how did your faith journey begin? Um, and if there were any key times that stood out for you? Yeah, sure. Well, um, I grew up in um, a story that's probably not your typical story in our current day. You don't hear this a lot, but I was blessed to grow up in a very happy home, very healthy environment. Um, but neither my mom nor dad knew the Lord. They had a religion, but they didn't know that you could have a relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And um, my mom um, just met some ladies from a church and they invited her to come. And so I was real little at the time. And so my mom and I rode a church bus um, to go to church. And my mom, for the first time, heard that Jesus loved her and she could have a relationship by just saying yes to his sacrifice on Calvary and just start following him. And she did. And my dad was very resistant um, for a while. And about a year later, though, um, he just really, he went to church to get some of the men off of his back that kept inviting him. Um, but he heard a sermon that day that um, about the woman who had the issue of blood. And she just said, if I could just touch the hem of his garment. And my dad had he had grown up in an alcoholic family and um, no close relationships, didn't know about intimacy. And it was the first time he ever experienced and heard that story. And he gave his heart to the Lord. He said, I I want that. And so I, I was like four years old when all this is taking place, four or five years old. And then about a year later, my dad was like, I have to preach this message. So he went off to Bible college and we got rid of everything. My parents just gave it away, sold the house, <laughs> brought me and my brother at the time was just a little one, not even one yet. And, you know, went to Bible college. So I grew up hearing about God and always being in church and in that environment. Um, but it wasn't until my teen years that I really went, God, I need you, not because my parents have you, but I want to know who you are. And so as a teenager, I gave my heart to Jesus and just said, Lord, I'll follow you. I don't know what that looks like. And at that point, you know, of course, all the kids in the youth group thought that meant going to a foreign mission field or something like that. I didn't know what that looks like for me, but I knew that um, Jesus really loved me a lot and he sacrificed so much and I just wanted to know him better. So that was the beginning of my journey, um, my faith walk Mm. with the Lord. So my parents really were first generation Christians, both of them coming out of homes that had really had nothing to do with um, a relationship with God. So, um, Mm. you know, and I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that legacy that they gave me. Um, So then uh, fast forward, um, it was my senior year of high school, and I just was saying, God, you know, what do you want me to do? You know, I'm thinking college or career, whatever you want. And I remember one night just sitting outside, I was going, I just praying, God, like, you know, back then I was saying, our world's a mess. What can I do, God, to, you know, be a positive influence and bring people to the hope found in you? And I just really felt the Lord tug on my heart that um, ministry was going to be part of that for me. Full-time ministry is a vocation. And so I um, went to Bible college and there mm-hmm. my freshman year, I met my husband-to-be. And um, <clears throat> so really he he had been there three years already. So he was, but he was taking a slower 
road to graduation because he was working a lot of hours to pay his way through school. Mm -hmm. So anyway, and he was called into ministry to be a pastor. And so um, we got married uh, two and a half years after we met. And um, yeah, so this year we're celebrating 39 years of marriage. And um, wow. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. So currently we, the church that we are at in the Midwest, we're a little town called Kokomo, Indiana, and we have been at our church for going into 27 years now, the one that we're at. So prior to that, we did a lot of children's ministry, youth ministry, young adult ministry, and um, we weren't really looking for a church that he would be the senior pastor, but God, through a lot of other circumstances, which is another whole story, um, brought us here. And it has been a fantastic experience. So, yeah. So we have. That's, um, that's awesome. Yeah. So that's, that's awesome. It's great to know a little bit about your background because I didn't know all that about you, actually. And yeah, just a, a real journey that God brought your family on, really, isn't it? And now. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, just such a legacy as well, like all these years of ministry and stuff. So it's awesome. And, you know, still many years ahead of you, I'm sure. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's that's great background. And um, but it's not always been easy, has it? I mean, no faith walk is all easy. There's like been ups and downs. And I know we touched on this before, but there's been some major health challenges for you guys over the years, but particularly in the last few years. And you know, sure. the first one of those was like health problems with your husband and mm-hmm. also with COVID. And can you tell us a little bit more? Could you unpack some of that for us? Yeah, sure. So um, it was interesting. And I, I kind of want to go back to um, when Steve and I met in college and we start dating. And I, I kind of we both knew pretty quickly that God was doing something because we had both been praying for, you know, God's future for us. Um, and there came a point um, after we had gotten engaged when when Steve um, was sharing with me some issues that he had health issues. He had had damage done to his back. He had an injury and it caused some spasms that um, oftentimes look like seizures. Mm-hmm. And um, and he said, I think before we get married, you need to know that the doctors are telling me by the time I'm 40, I'm probably going to be in a wheelchair. Um, wow. And I went. Okay. And I, and for a brief minute, I began to question in my mind, like, you know, how someone just throws you a bomb and it goes off in your head and then it shatters and into a thousand questions. And I was like, God, is this what I'm signing up for? If we get married, like I'm going to be pushing a 40 year old man around in a wheelchair. Like, honestly, I was just processing all that. And when we're young, 40 sounds quite old, right? But I'm like over 40 now. It's not that old. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, when you're like 21, 22, I was like, man, I don't know if that's what I'm signing up for. And um, But I just felt the Lord whisper, like, Evelyn, it doesn't matter who you marry. There's going to be struggles ahead. But this mm-hmm. is the life I've chosen for you. And and I'm, I just, then I never looked back after that. I just knew it was right. And the, the reason that's so important to bring us up to speed is because that thing that God whispered to my heart at that moment was trust, was basically trust me. This is the plan I have for you. That has held me through many, many storms where I was like, God, is our marriage going to survive this? You know, are we going to, is he going to survive physically? You know, I don't want to watch him have another seizure, you know, um, but 
that has been a resounding echo that has continued on. Like, I've got you, Evelyn, trust me. So mm -hmm. fast forward to, um, I think it'll be four years ago this fall, um, my husband was exposed to some uh, mold in the building at the church where we were working and we were trying to get it remediated and everything. And so he had to take some pictures so he could bring it to a business meeting and to the insurance company, all that. And when he, when he pulled back the flap, it, it was like the spores were released and um, we didn't think anything about it really. And then about two weeks later, he started having some really bad respiratory issues. And we were thought, Oh, here we go. You know, it's asthma, it's bronchitis, something like that. Well, he ended up in the hospital because his oxygen levels kept plummeting. And um, I mean, he spent five days in the hospital where they're going, we're still not sure what's going on with you. Like we've done all the tests. So then, you know, I was having to gown up every day to go see him. Oh, and um, because they didn't know, um, what was really going on. And one day I was sitting in the hospital and I just looked at the infectious disease doctor. She walked in, she goes, I'm sorry, Mrs. Sherwood, we're just still struggling to find. I said, you know, you know, God cares about all the details of our lives and he does reveal things to us. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit does that work of bringing us into truth, helping us remember. And in that moment, the Holy Spirit was working to help me remember. I said, you know, we've had some mold issues at our church. And I said, and I have, I have a printout sheet of what kind of molds are there because we had it tested. Is this possible? It's mold. Would you like to see that report? She said, bring it in. And as soon as I, I went, I rushed home, I brought it in and they started running tests. And that's exactly what he had. He had two kinds of molds. And what had happened is they had filled up the bottom half of both lobes of his, of his lungs. Oh. And, um, but they were able then to start giving him the right medications. So, um, <clears throat> So then, you know, that's November of 2019. Fast forward to 2020 mm -hmm. and we hear there's a pandemic. And um, so immediately we call the infectious disease doctor because we're already dealing with respiratory issues. Mm -hmm. And she just said, you know, he, he can't be exposed to this. It could be lethal for him. Um, you know, so... I called my boss and explained to them what was going on. And so before our country was in lockdown, we were personally in lockdown. Mm -hmm. And so we just stayed inside. We were very cautious about things. Um, and then we did really good um, during that time until um, October. And, you know, this was also, you got to remember, it was before vaccines or anything. And yeah. they were still, doctors were still learning to fly the airplane while they were in the airplane, you know, they were yeah, it was like, the whole kind of oh, yeah. down after each patient contact was not, it was, oh, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. scary. And so um, my boss had been so gracious to let me work from home, but I had to go exchange some paperwork. And so I ran into the office um, and then in, I had a question about payroll and in, in less than five minutes, I was exposed. The person wow. didn't know they had it because all they had was a headache. They didn't know. And two days later, I get a call that they had tested positive for COVID. And I, I mean, yeah. our heads were reeling at that point. So once again, we called the infectious disease doctor. What should we do? Well, um, <clears throat> they just gave us things to start looking for, make sure. And that was on a Friday. By Sunday, Steve was symptomatic. By Tuesday, I was symptomatic. And then we thought, well, it, it's not too bad. It's kind of like a cold right now. And then it mm -hmm. went south really quick. 
and by the following Sunday, I was dropping my husband off at the ER. Um, and I'll never forget that moment. Um, just because I couldn't go in with him. Um, I had to drop him off mm. at the emergency room. And I just remember watching him walk that long corridor to, into the hospital. And I sat in the car and I sobbed and sobbed. And I and I was going, God, did I get him here on time? Will he make it? Will I ever see him again? And so through tear-stained eyes, I drove home, very sick myself. Mm. And um, I pulled in the, in the garage and I sat in the car and had a, a Christian radio station on music was playing, but I, I wasn't really hearing at that time because I just was sobbing and going, God, is my husband going to survive? Will I ever see him? I was heartbroken. And then yeah. a song came on the radio. Um, even if, you know, even if you don't, my hope is you alone. And I just felt God whisper to me, Evelyn, well, even if you didn't get here on time, if the outcome is not what you hope it will be, Will you yet praise me? Do you really trust me? Am I worthy? Do you believe I'm good? And I broke because in a split second, I wasn't out there very long. It feels like it, it's like when eternity and our if our timeline collide. It felt like a long time, but I know it was just seconds that all those questions came flooding in. And I, I in the car, I just raised my hand and said, God, I will praise you. I will love you because you are my all in all. You are enough. And um, two days later, I was driving back to the hospital admitting myself. <laughs> so my husband and I were in the hospital at the same time. He was fighting in the ICU unit for his life. Um, they almost lost him a couple times. But his doctor at that point, you know, everybody was being ventilated. And she just had the sense not to ventilate him, to try to work through it in different ways. So she did. And then uh, so and then I was on um, what they called the COVID wing. And it was just a mm -hmm. weird, really weird <laughs> time because all the doors stayed shut in the hospital. No one could come mm -hmm. in and see you. Um, my precious daughter, one day she's, she uh, sent me a text and she was standing outside my hospital room two floors down, but the parking lot was right there. She said, look down, mom. And I looked down and she was down there waving Aww. at me, you know, and it's just those things. You're just like, you're so desperate for connection. Um, and there wasn't any, but um, God would send it in unexpected ways. So then. I mean, um, so, so tough, so tough, isn't it? Like it was so, that must've been so scary. I, I can't imagine like, and being separated from each other as well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And so I just, um, just the isolation. Yeah. I've never experienced that. And, you know, my mm -hmm. husband and I have been in ministry a long time. So we've visited people in the hospital when they're sick and there's mm -hmm. something when you can actually have a physical contact, but there was mm -hmm. none so that, that put a whole nother layer that, um, not only we did, we experienced, but we watched many other people who have had loved ones mm -hmm. um, go through that, that it was really rough and strange. Didn't know what yeah. to do with it. Yeah, I'm so, sure. Yeah. Well, then, then um, yeah, go on, carry on. Because then, because then, I mean, you had some quite scary moments in the hospital yourself as well, didn't you? Yes, yes, we did. So um, <clears throat> I remember a couple times, like just when I first got there, um, 
I'm tethered to oxygen. I'm, you know, gowned up and, and they're just like in and out of your room so much as trying to get everything going that they need to get going and figure out what's going on and the best way to care for you. And I remember going, you know, I got to go to the bathroom. And I said, I can walk. I can walk five steps to the bathroom. And what scared me was I couldn't. Like I stood up from the side of the bed and I gasped for air. My oxygen kept plummeting. And I remember just saying, God, and clutching my hospital gown going, God, you are the breath in my lungs. Every move I make is in you. You created this body. You are my father. Get me to the bathroom. <laughs> just give me air to make it there and to make it back. And uh, I can't tell you how many times um, I prayed that prayer and would just gasp, gasp to have air to breathe. And um, I would, in my heart, go, God, that some of the songs that I had grown up learning and heard on the radio, like, it's your breath Ooh. in my lungs. So I will praise you in this moment, God. So there were a lot of moments like that and moments that the doctor would come down and she's like, I'm giving you updates on your husband. She said he scared us really bad last night. And I knew what that meant. Um, <clears throat> but I was laying there just gasping for air, just wondering if either one of us was going to make it through. And I just felt God whisper to my spirit, like, Ev, I want you to write about this right from the messy middle. And I was like, God, I can't even breathe. I, you know, I let alone have a clear thought or articulate anything. And he's like, it's okay. Just write that I am with you in the mess, in the hard time. So I started writing these little posts from my hospital bed and putting them on Facebook. I didn't want to, but God was, and, and honestly, when I look back and read what I wrote, I was like, I don't remember writing that. Wow. But I know that God was writing something through me. Mm -hmm. And um, I just began to talk about his faithfulness in the middle of it all and the real of it. It was hard. It was scary and frightening. But the beauty of it was, um, you know, seven days after my husband had been admitted, five days after me, they wheeled us out together. And wow. the hallway was lined with medical staff clapping and crying because wow. we were the one story that made it out when many were wow. dying all around us. So, yeah, that was that. <laughs> That, I mean, that's pretty powerful, isn't it? To come out together and that have that kind of reaction from staff. I mean, that makes you realize how rare that was at that time when there was no vaccinations and a yes. lot of people in your situation didn't come out of that um, yeah. in that way. Like, it, it, make, it makes it really real, doesn't it? I'm sure that must have brought it to home. Like, yeah. wow. It, it did. And it wasn't an easy journey once we got home either. I mean, there, you know, we, were, we came home tethered to oxygen, um, because we still didn't have breath capacity. Um, and to walk just a few feet was very exhausting. Um, so yeah, there were a lot of challenges once we got home, but we were just so grateful that, you know, God was giving us scriptures along the way and, and, um, and things that he kept reminding us about. And so, um, yeah, that, that was that stage of it. But what we, you know, and we were thought, wow, we made it through COVID. We're good. <laughs> and what we didn't know was the tsunami waves were not going to quit for a while. So, um, um, you know, as many people know, uh, there's been a lot of blood clotting and stuff that has come along with um, COVID. And um, so my doctor wanted to just do, they did a scan when I was in the hospital 
and they found one in a small one in my leg. So they immediately started me on a blood thinner. And then when I got out, they sent me back and just did like a bunch of chest x-rays and everything and found out that I had blood clots in my lungs. And mm -hmm. I was like, oh, God, that's really scary. Like it dropped me to my knees when I got the report because I thought surely mm -hmm. it's okay. And, um, but God just kept giving scriptures along the way. So when I got that report from the doctor, I, I remember I did, I literally crumpled to the floor and I wept and I was like, God, how much more, how much more? And, um, so I had some scriptures, um, it's called soaking streams. It's a YouTube channel and they just play scriptures with soft music. And I had that playing one day and, um, every time I walked in the room and then walked back out, like the same scripture was on repeat. And, and, and I was like, I know that's not how this works, but why? And it was, you will not die, but you will live and declare the works of the Lord. And mm -hmm. I went, okay, God, yeah. that's your word for me right now to anchor to as I walk through this valley. And then, um, so at the same time, um, we're caring for my dad as well, who um, had um, his own diagnosis going on. But um so anyway, six months of medication, I went back in and the, the blood clots were gone. But when they did a, a CT scan, they discovered in my uterus that um, I had a spot and that started another whole journey. So, yes. um, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, tell us a little bit about that next staging, because, I mean, as you said, you just went from one kind of tsunami to another, didn't you, health-wise, really? So yes. tell us more about kind of that, um, what, what was discovered next? Because, yeah, that, you know, you sort of think, oh, we're through it now, but not at all as it happened. Yeah, no, that wasn't at all. You know, sometimes you think that, well, I've punched my time card on suffering and this is going to yeah. stop now. Life's going to stop. Yeah, life's going to coast along and it just didn't. So, um, so I got the all clear with my lungs. So I started um, being a little more active, but then they started doing more testing to find out what, what was really going on and what they were seeing. Um, and in the meantime, my dad's health took a, a drastic um, downward spiral and he um, was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. And so um, while I'm waiting for results on my test, I'm caring for my dad. And from one month to he was diagnosed, one month later, he passed away. And the oh. day after he passed, I was back at the hospital having tests for things they were suspicious about in my own body. And um, mm -hmm. so that just um, began another journey. Just It was loss and hardship just piled mm -hmm. up on top of each other. And it was like, you know, if you're in a swimming pool and the kids are, you know, get the waves going or they're doing that little circle in it. And, you know, and you're just you get dropped down under and you can't hardly get back up and catch your breath. And I just couldn't catch my breath. The waves just kept coming and coming. Um, but they, you know, the, the short of it is um, they discovered I had um, I had cancer, um, uterine cancer. And um, I, that was not what I expected to hear. Um it shocked me pretty rough. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I remember those sitting in with my doctor having that first appointment of like, what are we going to do? What are our next steps? And, um, and I don't know where it came from other to say that, but God, um, my doctor was like, here's what we need to look at. We need to look at chemotherapy. You know, we're gonna have to have a hysterectomy. We're going to do this kind of stuff. And I said, you know, God's got me. And 
I, I can't remember. I'm sorry. My mind just went blank. Um, but, you know, it was just like, oh, I know what it was. I said, cancer does not get to define me. God alone defines mm-hmm. who I am. And so we will walk this road together and um, and see where he takes it. And and I at that point, I felt weak in my knees. Like I didn't know where that came from other than that was like God saying, I do have you. We will get through this. Mm-hmm. And so, um, so then I had surgery and, um, and then I started chemotherapy and, uh, yeah, that's been quite a journey, um, quite a journey. And it was, I mean, the thing is that all happened within such a short amount of time, didn't it? So I think you said COVID, then obviously your dad's diagnosis and, 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 you know, death from cancer, um, you know, and his passing, you were still grieving about that and then being diagnosed and treated yourself. That was all within about. It a nine-month window or something you said? Um, I think from the time, yeah, it was about 11 months, I think, all together yeah. around in there um, from within, the time within, I actually yeah. got my diagnosis, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that is a lot, like, that is a lot to deal with all in one go, and you're grieving your dad, and you're dealing with your own, you know, emotions around your own diagnosis as well. You're still yeah. recovering partly from the COVID stuff, and you know, that's a lot to do with all at once. And I, I'm wondering, like, where did you see God at work in the midst of that? Like, you know, where did you see God moving? Well, you know, I have to be honest. I, you know, I've always been a person that I believe in God. I believe in his word. Um, and we've had our, our fair share of trials, but this was a tsunami of suffering. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had never experienced anything to the point where I had nothing I could put to it to make it different. You know, like sometimes you can go through mm-hmm. stuff and you can like push through or, you know, you just pull up your bootstraps and go, well, we can we do this. But it was so much, so quick that the mm-hmm. only thing I knew to do was cry out to God, um, even physically. Mm-hmm. Like and, and this was one of the things that I think I learned in all of that. Like um, sometimes we think that we have to do for God in order to be accepted and loved by him. And so we find all these things that we can do for God. I had nothing to give God. Mm. I had no strength. I, I couldn't process words. Um, my energy level was none. Mm. Um, and yet he loved me so deeply in that time. And he kept whispering these things through me. Um, it would be the kindness of other people. They drop off a meal. Um, <clears throat> I'd have a radio station on because I couldn't. Reading scripture was hard. And I often associate, you know, even those spiritual disciplines as I'm doing this for God. And I couldn't do any of it. But he would so graciously keep loving me all the way through it. You know, I'd get a card that had a beautiful scripture or sometimes I would just listen to music because reading words, it was hard in my eyes. It was hard. Just my mind couldn't process a lot more information because I already had a lot I was processing. But it was in the simple things that God began to whisper, I love you. I've got you. I'm here with you. And um, that held me and anchored me through. And each stage of it, there was something different he would... um, whisper to me. So, mm. yeah, it was a lot. <laughs> I bet, I bet. And um, so, you know, what's been like one thing that you've like learned about faith or about life 
in this season like if you could I know that I'm sure there's loads of stuff that you've Mm -hmm. learned and discovered through it but if you could distill it down to maybe one key thing what would that be well I think um I had relied because I'm a go-getter I love to do things I always have creative ideas swimming around um but I when you're backed up against the wall and there's nothing you can do I learned that his love is not contingent upon what I do for him because he's already done. He's already done the giving. He's already done the sacrificing, that his love knows no limits, knows no bounds. And so his love for me was not contingent upon what I could do for him, but because he is the essence of love, that is his nature. And then, um, so that was kind of, that began to flow more and I it went deeper. I, I had a concept of that, but it really got began to drop the anchor of that truth in my heart. And the other thing was um, when you can't do anything, there's surrender. And I remember mm-hmm. God just saying, you know, just whispering to me and I keep looking up at my little dry race board because I have it written down. So I don't forget God can do more in my surrender than I can with all my striving. So give me your loaves and your fish. And mm-hmm. I went, Wow. Okay, God, you know, I can work and work and work and never really do what you're calling me to do. It's just busy work. But when I surrender to you and follow you, um, you know, and, and I've, I've been thinking about that even more, I think, since the last time that we, we talked that, um, you know, when Jesus called his disciples, he said, follow me, I will make. Mm. He does the making. He does the work. All he asks is that we just follow him where he leads, how he guides and trust that he is doing something that sometimes we don't understand. It doesn't make sense, but he is working out his purposes, his kingdom. All he asks is that we are willing to say, I love you enough, God, that I'm going to trust you even when it doesn't make sense, even when it's hard. I learned that I could ask him tough questions, that he was unnerved when I didn't understand or I was frustrated or I was scared. Um, the nights that my prayers were just sobs, you know, when I started chemotherapy, that was hard. That was so hard. And there were so many nights I would writhe in bed in pain and God would just say, I've got you, I'm here, you know, but it, it was um, pure and honest. And I just gave him what I had, which was nothing. <laughs> I had nothing to give. And yet he said, I love you and I've got you. So. Wow. I love that. I love that whole idea of just give me the loaves and fishes, give me what you've got. Like, yeah, sometimes we feel like we've got a lot, don't we? But other times when you're so stripped back and God's like, you know, it's not about what you have or haven't got. It's about what I can do. And like in your weakness, you know, watch me work. And that's so powerful. And, you know, yeah, amazing. God's, you know, kind of shown me that through that experience. Yeah, very much I love that. Um, yeah. So where, tell us, um, where are you up to with things right now? So you're in recovery, which is great news. And yes. you also have some projects in the pipeline, I think. Yeah, I do. So it's it's taken a while to get accustomed to, um, you know, any one of the things that we've been through would put you back even physically for a couple of years for your body to get reacclimated and your strength regained uh, to have all of it. I'm still learning. That's a huge learning curve for me right now. Um, but my strength is coming back. Um, I know that there are days when I, I can't process my mind doesn't think it isn't clear and I'm just physically, mentally tapped out. 
And God says, it's okay, Evelyn, you know, the world doesn't revolve around you. <laughs> you know, it, I, I hold it and I hold you and it's the stuff's still going to be there. So just how about you take a rest with me today? And those are the days I do. I just lean back and, and listen and um, I don't rush into things and just let him do what he's going to do. But there are days he's like, I got stuff to tell you today. And so um, I'm working on, uh, yeah, current projects. So I had started writing um, prior to all this happening. So it's, it's been this year is like going into year six of a writing journey. I felt God tugging me into um, inviting me to begin to share about his faithfulness, especially in hard places. Um, and little did I know what I would be facing. Um, but anyway, so that pace really slowed down when everything happened with my husband's, um, you know, him being hospitalized and both of us being hospitalized and caring for dad. But now, um, but God did more, and that's another whole segment, but he did more in my weakness than I had ever accomplished in all my striving. Mm. And I, you know, when I finally was able to let go and release it, like he began to drop things in my heart and, and like, kind of like take the, the anchor a little deeper about wh what I was going to write about. I thought I was going to write one thing and I'm still writing that. And it's all about his faithfulness when life is hard. And remembering mm -hmm. who he is, remembering who we are in him. And um, I mean, that's what I'm writing about. So I'm, I'm working on a, a book to be published, hopefully traditionally. Um, I've got a book proposal completed. Uh, I've been, you know, talking to other, some agents and stuff and working on some things they're telling me to do. Um, and then just working on getting that transcript done. But in the meantime, I kind of had a little surprise. Um, after I finished with chemotherapy, I knew that I needed some help to process what I'd been through, mm -hmm. that burying it was not any good that I needed. So there was an art therapy class offered through our hospital and I, and I took it and God has surprised me with it. And so I just started painting things that God was telling me through this journey. Like he was, you know, like, um, take it slow and steady of, you don't have to rush through it. Like you may have a timeline, but I have a purpose. So trust my purpose above your timeline. And so, um, and he would give the, these little pictures. I started doing these little watercolor pictures. And before I knew it, I had like, I don't know, 40 of them done. And God began to deal with my heart. Like that can be a little booklet that when people are in the hard place, sometimes too much information, you know, you're already getting inundated with information from yeah. doctors and medical bills and just logistics of how to caretake for people when you're, they're going through that. Um, your whole life is in an upheaval, but sometimes a soundbite of just a little reminder that God's still with you is what you need to anchor you for that mm -hmm. day. And that's God's grace. And so um, I'm working right now on a little booklet that will include 30 of these little paintings that I painted paired with a little truth that God gave me to hold on to these little nuggets, just a daily nugget to get me through the hard days and, and things that I needed to remember. And so I'm working on that and trying to get that self-published. Um, I will work, get that self-published. I'm trying to learn the logistics of that. I'll put it that way, but yeah. So that's, that's kind that's of what awesome. I'm really excited about that. That's, you know, it's such a needed tool, isn't it? Like that's, I mean, both these projects sound great, but yeah, yeah. I, I love the fact that like 
what felt like initially a detour and like something that slowed you down is actually maybe part of the story that God wants you to tell, you know, and it's like a deepening of that whole thing of going through hard things and trusting him. And, you know, I know you've learned that so deeply now because, you know, you lived it and breathed it in such a, you know, deep way. And so you went through so many hard, difficult things. I mean, any one of those things would change someone's life, I think, you know, mm-hmm. and change their perspective. And you went through several of them at once. You went through like loss, you went through cancer, COVID, scares, you know, and wow. yeah, I just, I just, I think your story is so inspiring. It, it can't fail to um, inspire others who are facing hard things. So wishing you all the best with those projects. That's really yeah. exciting. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate um, it. Yeah, that's awesome. And um, I could honestly keep talking to you about this all day long because, as you know, it's something I'm passionate about too. Yes. But I am conscious of time, so I'm going to wrap this conversation up in a minute. But just before you go, um, can you tell us a bit more about how people can reach you? Can they find you online? Just tell us about all the places that people can connect with you because I'm sure some people will want to pick up this conversation. So, Sure. So um, I have a website, evelynsherwood.com. Um, if you go there, um, there's a place that you can sign up to get a um, monthly newsletter from me. And that's a newsletter. Really, it's more of a monthly devotional. Um, where I share things I'm continuing to learn about who God is, who I am in Him, um, how God anchors us when the storms of life are swirling all around us. Um, and that's really what I, and, and still learning to find joy and hope when it's hard. Um, that is possible in Christ. It's just, a, we have to dig a little deeper. So I write about those kind of things on evelynsherwood.com. And then um, once you go there, there's you'll see it pop up and you can sign up for my newsletter. Um, my newsletter is my personal newsletter. You're not going to get scammed by anything. But how that plays out is three times a month. Um, there, there'll be a, a website update. Um, you'll get a new um, edition from that. Um, I've also started something called Stories of Hope, where I'm featuring other people who have experienced God through various circumstances, but they have found God to be faithful in the messy middle. So you'll get an alert about that. And then you will get just straight to your your email box, just a full um, typed out devotional for me of what God's teaching me. And then in in that email, you also get updates of where I am in my writing journey when things are coming out. Um that kind of stuff so that sounds awesome loads of good stuff there I think so yeah Yeah. if anything that um Evelyn has shared today really speaks to you or resonates perhaps with your own story then definitely reach out to Evelyn I I know you'd be keen to hear from people wouldn't you and um yeah thank you so much for joining us today Evelyn and giving up your time to talk to me I you know, really appreciate it. Um, I love your heart and I love, you know, everything you stand for. So thank you for joining me today. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was, it was a humbling and beautiful experience. And I feel very blessed to be able to share just a little piece of the story of what God's writing in me. And just like that, we have reached the end of another fascinating conversation. Now remember to check out Crowd Church at www.crowd.church, even if you might not see the point of church. You see, we are a digital church on a quest to discover how Jesus can help us live a more meaningful life. We are a community, a space to explore the Christian faith, and a place where you can contribute and grow 
and you are welcome at Crowd Church. Don't forget to subscribe to the What's the Story podcast on your favorite podcast app because we've got a treasure trove of inspiring stories coming your way and we would basically hate for you to miss any of them. And just in case no one has told you yet today, remember, you are awesome. Yes, you are. Created awesome. It's just a burden you have to bear. What's the Story is a production of Crowd Church our fantastic team, including Anna Kettle, Sadaf Bainon, and me, Matt Edmondson, uh, and Tanya Hutzelak, work behind the scenes tirelessly to bring you all these fabulous stories. Our theme song is a creative work of Josh Edmondson. And if you're interested in the transcript or show notes, head over to our website, whatsthestorypodcast.com. And whilst you're there, sign up for our free weekly newsletter to get all of this goodness delivered straight to your inbox. So that's it from all of us this week here at What's The Story. Thank you so much for joining us. Have a fantastic week wherever you are in the world. We'll catch you next time. Bye for now.